Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. This is a Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN. Perspective on the day's biggest stories. It's Carriker and Smallman's Fresh Take. Powered by Schnooks. Eat good to feel great at Schnooks on 101 ESPN. 4 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Michelle and Randy with you on 101 ESPN. And it is time for our fresh take. And Michelle, as we get started here in this segment, and by the way, Darren Pang is going to join us in our next segment. We spent a lot of yesterday's show uh, being critical of the Cardinals and the Blues for not making a comment on the murder of George Floyd. And soon after we got off the air yesterday, the teams together issued a statement. So credit to them for addressing the biggest issue in America right now, which is uh, the unnecessary violence perpetrated against unarmed African-American males. There's a lot going on in our country, but the big story right now is that. Yeah, and when we spoke about this yesterday, part of the reason we brought it up is because other media entities and other people in the media had been putting things out like X amount of teams in the NHL have spoken about the murder of George Floyd. These teams in baseball have issued a statement. And there was comments being made about the fact that the Cardinals and the Blues, the two professional sports teams in St. Louis, had not yet issued a statement. And you and I were just saying, we wonder why. What would be the reason why they had it? And we got our answer. It's because they were working on a joint statement together. And I know a lot of people were critical of of the statement between the two teams, but I thought it did send a powerful message that they are unified in this statement and that they did come out and and condemn racism and bigotry and violence as a whole. I I thought the statement was well said and I thought it did send a message saying, hey, we we need to come together. We need to unify and hopefully find a solution for these issues that are plaguing America. And here is the statement. The St. Louis Blues and St. Louis Cardinals stand united in support of racial equality for all and with those who march peacefully to highlight and protest racism, bigotry, and violence. There is no place for intolerance in our society. We also stand with those who work every day to better society and with those who honorably wear the uniform as they protect and serve all of us. We will continue to work together as one nation and ask that all of our supporters join us in redoubling our efforts to give back and support the community we love. And there are those out there in society that feel like if you don't take one side that you aren't going to make an impact. Well, the fact of the matter is not all police are bad. There are a lot of great police officers out there. And if you don't think that racism exists in our country, then you're blind. You don't know what's going on. There are clearly issues and we do have to solve them, but we have to solve them together. You can't just take one side and say, The other side's the enemy and expect to solve any problems. Yeah, I think that that is kind of the line of thinking that got us in this 
you know, one of the lines of thinking that got us to this current place where everyone is so divided. Both things can be true. You can say what happened to George Floyd is unacceptable. He was murdered and the system of oppression has got to change. You can also say there's a lot of amazing cops out there that are protecting and serving our communities. Both things can exist at mm -hmm. the same time. And I think that that's part of the thing that you and I have been saying is these blanket statements are, are troublesome sometimes because that paints one entity as an enemy when you need to say, okay, let's take a deeper look at the entire system, at the entire structure, and put some things in place to actually take a step forward to make it better. And it seems to me that at some point, if you do truly want to solve the problem, then you're going to have to agree that the side that is opposite you right now is going to have to be able to make you're going to have to be able to coexist with them. You, you can't solve the problem if you think I can't coexist with the person that I don't agree with right now. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday Harrison Bader. He's 26 years old today. Uh, I know he's a friend of the uh, the Small Talk podcast. That's right. And uh, he's a fun guy, good guy. Hopefully he'll bounce, bounce back offensively next time baseball plays. And he, he is a, a fun member of the Cardinals. Yeah, imagine he's it. he's 26. Gosh, it's crazy how young a lot of these players are. When you say that they're 26, I always laugh when I see uh, teams push out happy 22nd birthday to, to this player. And you think, wow, these are really, really young athletes that are put in a major position with a lot of eyeballs on them in the spotlight. And obviously that's part of the, the deal. But to think that a guy like Harrison Bader is only 26 years old is crazy. But yeah, I mean, we know what he brings to the table from a defensive standpoint. If he can put it together at, at the plate, what an exciting piece at the Cardinals have. He has tremendous speed. He just needs to figure out how to get his bat on the ball, not to strike out as much. If he can do that, he's an elite defender. So if, if he can just get his bat on the ball and not strike out so much and utilize his speed, he would have been if he doesn't strike out so much, he would he would have been perfect for Whitey Ball. Uh, what you said about his offensive approach, I think a lot of members of the Cardinals after what we saw in 2019, hopefully they're taking that same approach yeah. in 2020. And I think that was the approach that they had in spring training one. Hopefully they, they're able to maintain that in spring training two and beyond. We aren't hearing anything, Michelle, from hockey. And I hope that's a good thing. I hope that they're moving closer and closer to finalizing what the pod cities are going to be, what the financial payout is going to be for the 24 playoff teams. And... They're apparently being extremely responsible about still dealing with COVID and when they can get back on the ice. Yeah, I think your first inclination is to think we haven't heard anything in a while. That makes me nervous because we're all kind of waiting for that hard and fast date saying, OK, this is the date that that hockey is going to return. This is the date that we are expected to have the puck drop in our first official games. But to your point, I think it's actually positive that we haven't heard anything because I think hockey Gary Gary Butman came out and made a statement saying, hey, we're taking a step forward and a light or outlining what the proposal would be. But I don't think they're going to make a statement, a concrete statement again, until we have firm dates and a firm plan in place. So to me, the fact that we haven't heard anything while frustrating because we all miss hockey and we really want to see hockey come back and watch the Blues defend their championship title, defend the cup. 
I think the fact that we haven't heard anything leads me to believe that it's coming soon. I'm with you. And one more. This is from Adam Schefter tweeted this morning. The next time NFL players are expected to be at their facilities will be when training camps start, whenever that begins. Right now, we're looking at late July for that. And Schefter writes, there's no official announcement and discussions are ongoing, but multiple people expect that the next time NFL players show up at teams' training facilities will be for training camp whenever that begins. Not surprising. No. And they're doing their virtual training camp, and mm-hmm. that might be the way they're headed. Yeah. Might, might do that forever. I, I in no way expected any sort of NFL news to not be, hey, we're going to charge forward here. We're going to, no. we are going to play. Yep. <laughs> That's our fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk some hockey with our friend Darren Pang. Beautiful golf weather for Panger, who's an <laughs> avid golfer. He'll join us in the Blues booth next on 101 ESPN. This is Carriker and Smallman. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. The Blues booth presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. The home show sale is going on now at Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Update your home with savings on all types of flooring, including solid, reclaimed, wide plank, and more. Visit one of the showrooms in Crestwood, Manchester, St. Peter's, or online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. Boardwalk Hardwood Floors. Great floors for every home with better selection, better value, and the best service. We're going to continue play Gloria tomorrow night here on 101 ESPN. Blues and Bruins, Stanley Cup Game 5. That was another win in Boston. And then on Friday night, the finale, Game 7. And you'll hear it here as it was heard on 101 ESPN. And by the way, today is the date of Game 4 of the Stanley Cup Finals from last year. That was exactly one year ago today. And Michelle... One thing that, as we go through this again and again, that continually amazes me, especially about the finals, is how nobody could win at home. That's right. Two of the seven games were won on home ice. The other five were won on the road. I remember heading into game seven, I was so confident the Blues would win because it was in Boston. Yeah. And the Blues were in a situation there where they had been thumped again at home. And... We all thought that they would win game six, didn't we? Because it, oh, yeah. it was just natural. He had to win at home, it, and the town was going to explode. But like Craig Ruby said after that game, and the players agreed, and this might have happened to Boston in game seven, with all the expectations of your local community mm-hmm. playing at home, even though you're in game seven and you're kind of insulated from all of the outside stuff, there are some nerves about winning and a lot of distractions about tickets and what's going to happen and where's your family after the game and we've got a parade coming up. I have to believe that those distractions affected the Blues in Game 6 and then the Bruins in Game 7. Oh, yeah. When we spoke to members of the Blues about that last season, and they said that they felt like when they went on the road that they could just let go and play hockey, that they could go out there and play their style of hockey. There wasn't, while they knew the pressure existed, it's totally different when you're in your own building. And not only do you have your friends and your family and all these other people you're playing for, you have an entire community that has never tasted a Stanley Cup championship. The pressure Mm -hmm. had to be so crazy for them to to know that so many people in that building were hanging on the fact that they needed to win. Our friend Blues analyst Darren Pang joins us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Panger, of course, an analyst on FS Midwest. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, uh, Randy and Michelle. I'm doing very, very well. I've made my way up to Michigan where I've got a 
little lake place and uh, just trying to get things organized here and uh, get a little bit of fresh air. So uh, I'm away from St. Louis for right now, but be looking forward to getting back there when, uh, when, uh, and hopefully the season does resume and we know what we're going to do. We got it up to about 90 degrees yesterday here in St. Louis. What kind of a temperature will you have for a high there in Michigan today? Well, yesterday they were giving me a lot of credit for having their hottest day so far of the summer. Um, and it was about, it was probably, it was probably 88 to 92. Um, so fairly hot, but right now there's wicked storms last night and thunder and lightning. And now it's a nice cool morning right here. Panger, how's the golf up there? As everybody knows, golf in Michigan is is uh, really underrated, especially if you get up north. I'm more centrally located, um, but up north where you're talking about Arcadia Bluffs and you're talking about Crystal Downs, which is a top 10 uh, country club course in the world, uh, it, it's, it is spectacular. The grasses are different. Uh, that's been that's the biggest adjustment. If you're a golf fan and you, you, you watch the guys on the tour, I'm totally amazed with how they adapt to the different grasses. I mean... When I came from the Midwest where we all had bent grass, where you can take a big divot in the fairway, mm-hmm. and then you move to uh, where I, I belong over at Meadowbrook Country Club where it's all zoysia, which are most of the courses in, in St. Louis are because it's a tougher grass and it's better the hotter it is. It's a real, it, it, it's, 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 it's tough to adapt to, if you want to call it that. So there's a few adjustments, but the courses here are really, really nice. And I think the weather's just not as humid, not as muggy as it is in St. Louis. And that's one of the keys to bringing us here for the se- for the summertime, for the offseason. How much are you looking forward to the PGA getting back going in a week and a half? Is that something on a Sunday that you're going to watch, or are you out golfing on a Sunday afternoon? You know what? I always enjoy watching the PGA. I, I, like, I like watching golf. I like watching the Walker Cup, amateur events, the uh, the USM, um, I, I was fortunate a couple of years ago, my nephew, who's on a scholarship in Utah, um, he qualified for the U.S. Junior Am, which was in Tennessee, and I got the caddy for him, and it was just spectacular, a USGA-run event, and uh, uh, they treated the kids like pros, and they uh, and they made the golf course hard. So I'll watch golf all the time. I, I just absolutely love it. I, I really enjoyed last week, Randy and Michelle. Um, I enjoyed the... Uh, the two great quarterbacks going up with Phil and, and, and Tiger. I thought that was really, really fun to watch. And, and watching the amateurs really put on a good show under pressure, um, especially late. I was feeling bad for Tom Brady, to be honest with you. I thought that he had to pick up his game a little bit there. And then he did later on, and uh, they raised a ton of money, when, and, and that was all very, very positive. So uh, I, really, I, I really did enjoy that. Uh, at 745, we do take it or leave it here on 101 ESPN. And, Panger, one of the questions for us was that a recent study showed that dropping an F-bomb can actually increase a person's pain threshold emotionally or physically. Uh, and the take it or leave it was a properly placed F-bomb helps you get through difficult situations. On the golf course, when you hit a bad shot, I can't imagine Panger ever doing this, uh, <laughs> would you ever drop an F-bomb when things are going particularly bad? Uh, you know, I'm going to leave that. I, I, um, I think at one point in my career, uh, I definitely did. And I think it, at the same time, and I'll, a short story here, but I think two things happened to make me a better goalie and give me a chance to play in the NHL. One was I started playing golf, and I learned a valuable lesson one time. I embarrassed myself at a club by doing exactly what you said in front of elderly gentlemen. And, uh, and, and when I did that, um, I learned that I better control my uh, emotions a lot better. And uh, so on the golf course, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I like keeping everything in control and uh, as much as possible. And if I got a moment to whack my club on the ground, that, that's okay. I, 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 I do that. I mean, 
everybody gets a little sour, but but I don't know. I think there's a it's a, a little bit of a game of dignity and a little bit of game of honor. I think you got to control your emotions in the game. I appreciate that, Panger. I don't know if you heard Randy and I talking before you joined us on the line, but one year ago today, the Blues defeated the Bruins 4-2 to in Boston. And Randy and I were talking about how crazy it was that the Blues couldn't win in St. Louis and the, and the Bruins seemingly couldn't win in St. Louis. Uh, what, or excuse me, couldn't win in Boston. What do you think it was about those two teams in the Stanley Cup final that they just couldn't seem to get it done at home? You know, I think it's hard to win in the Stanley Cup final on home ice. And, and in particular, uh, I go back to game three where, you know, the, if, if, I mean, it, it was only a year ago, but you remember the, the great uh, Jumbotron, the, the, the video that the Blues presented before every game. It started with Kelly Chase and went to Bobby Plager, went to the captains. And, and it, it was so emotional, I thought, and maybe overly charged. It was so good. Um, that's when the visiting team comes in and they just play a simple game. And, you know, when that happens, uh, you, you tend to play a, more of a, a game that you can sustain your energy. I think when you come out so amped up in the first three, four, five minutes because of the crowd noise and all the emotions, you can't sustain that. So what, I, I, I don't know. I'm, maybe I'm making so, something bigger out of this. But I think going on the road in the final, I think it's easier to steal a game. Um, game six was, for me, an easy game for Boston to go steal. All the fans, all the players, all the family, everybody was planning a party and where was the Stanley cup going to be that night? And that's, it's hard to play a game when you're playing on a party. And, uh, you know, then I wasn't surprised that the blues were so good in Boston in game seven. I felt it when we got on the plane. Um, I asked a couple of players how they're doing. It was almost like they were relieved to get that game out of the way. And now they were in their comfort zone going on the road and able to win it in Boston. So, uh, it's funny how that works because the home ice should be an advantage for you. And sometimes it is, especially when it comes to last change. If you're a heavy matchup team, you know what? The Blues were such a good four-line team that uh, it, it, I guess it seemingly didn't matter if they were at home or on the road, but clearly they played a more calm game on the road than they did at home. And, Panger, that'll make this playoff interesting, won't it? Because if there are no fans in the stands and everybody's able to play essentially a nerve-free, simple game, we might see really good hockey, even though there won't be the energy of the fans. Uh, just the, the structure of the game has a chance to be really good. Well, the teams that play with great structure and can get to their game real fast, which the Blues can, the Bruins can, um, there's a couple of teams out there that I'm not sure if they can or not. Uh, Tampa Bay would be one of them, a great regular season again, but I don't know how quickly they can get into a real defending game. The teams that are willing to defend, the teams that play structure in their own zone, and the teams that have a horse on the blue line like a Colton Pareko uh, with Jay Bowmeister last year, I mean, that's that's just a winning formula and a winning matchup. And uh if you recall last year in Game 7, I mean, Craig Berube started the game with Oscar Sundquist, and he was a man on fire. Uh, he and Ivan Barbashev, they were just relentless. And so when you've got a team that can play your fourth line as a first line and vice versa, just exchange any kind of lineup and have the kind of depth that the Blues have, I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. Panger, thanks so much for the time. Enjoy your time up in Michigan, and we will talk to you soon, and hopefully we'll be talking some Blues hockey on the ice sooner rather than later. That sounds great, Randy. Michelle, have a great rest of the week. You Thank too, buddy. You. Take care. That's the great Darren Pang joining us here on 101 ESPN.
every time that we talk to a blues analyst or we talk about this structure, this 24 team structure, the hub cities, whatever it may be, we find a reason to think that the blues have an advantage, yeah. whether it's that they won't have the pressure of home ice or the mental toughness that they have or, or the coaching from Craig Berube or the fact that everyone will be rested. You have a healthy Vladimir Tarasenko. It just seems so positive to be talking about hockey and the fact that the blues really check every box. There's really no situation, I think, that they could be presented with, with that they can't overcome. They have the experience. They have the talent. And most of all, they have the goalie. And when you have the goalie, especially in a situation like this, you have a leg up on everybody. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. And this is Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN. By the way, I can't imagine that there would be one instance where you would say, I'll never drop another F-bomb on the golf course. I could never do that. I could never say, I'll never drop another F-bomb on the golf course. You know how a lot of baseball players, Randy, are saying, I'm going to spit on the field. It's ingrained in me. It's something that I can't help myself from doing. I imagine golfers are the same way. You don't mean to say an F-bomb sometimes. Mm -hmm. It just flies out. But Panger is such a, you you hear him, you know that he's just such a nice guy. Mm -hmm. I just can't imagine that it would have ever happened. But But that's why he is probably so great. That composure is something mm-hmm. that you have to really teach yourself. I remember when I was playing soccer and they would always talk about having composure in the box. And you know, when when you are presented with the opportunity to score, you have to have composure in the box. And for Panger to say, hey, I had this moment on the golf course where I lost my cool and harnessing that composure made me a better golfer and a better goaltender. The fact that he could acknowledge that and do it, mental toughness. It's, it's tough to do. Coming up, I'll try to be mentally tough <laughs> as I try to rebound and win the fight, which is next on 101 ESPN. Think you can beat down Character? We sure hope you can. The Fight with Character, brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Your best choice for quality tires and expert auto service. Dobbs on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Character and Smallman here on 101 ESPN 833, which means it's time for the fight. Before we welcome in our fighter today, Colin, please let everyone know what we're fighting for this week. Since Troy is a returning winner, today's prize will be eligible for our listeners to win via our online stream at 101ESPN.com. The prize is a four-person pass to throw axes, knives, and custom and a custom spear lane at the Axle, located in Collinsville, Illinois, open now. It's the St. Louis area's premier axe throw venue, Michelle. And as Colin mentioned, Troy is a returning fighter. We had quite the battle yesterday. Troy and Randy both got all four questions right, which means Troy is the winner. So he is coming back to challenge Randy again today. Good morning, Troy. How are you feeling today? Good morning, Michelle. Feeling really good. Ooh, feeling I, really good. I love the energy. I love the confidence. So let's jump right in. All right, Troy. On question number one, on this day in 2004, Yadier Molina made his major league debut for the St. Louis Cardinals. Which Molina brother made their major league debut first? Was it Jose, Benji, or Yadi? I will say Benji. Question number two, Troy. On this day in 2018, Steph Curry broke Ray Allen's NBA Finals record for most three-pointers in one game with nine in the Warriors' Game 2 win over the Cavaliers. How many years in a row did the Warriors and Cavs meet in the NBA Finals? Again, options. Oh, is it three, four, or five? See, I gave Randy the options yesterday, and now I'm keeping you from getting the options. Troy, you have taken over as Megamind. Yeah. Troy, let me just give you the question and the options quickly, just because you might be confused. The question is, how many years in a row did the Warriors and Cavs meet in the NBA Finals? Is it three, four, or five? Three. 
All right, Troy, question number three. Like we mentioned earlier, happy 26th birthday to Harrison Bader. Which year was Bader drafted by the Cardinals? 2013, 2014, or 2015? 2015. And question number four, Troy, which NFL team has appeared in the most Super Bowls? Is it the New England Patriots, the Pittsburgh Steelers, or the Dallas Cowboys? I would say the New England Patriots. All right. Colin is on his way to get Randy. Troy, any question that yes. may have tripped you up? Or how you feeling? Uh, no, I'm feeling pretty good. <laughs> I, love good. I love this confidence. All right, Randy, he's getting settled in. Troy is returning. Obviously, yesterday, you guys both got all four correct. Yep. He beat you. He's back for round two and with a vengeance. So say hello love again it. to Troy. Hello again, Troy. How you yeah. doing? All right, Randy, how are you? Good luck to you, sir. Thank you. Same to you. Appreciate it. Great sportsmanship. I love it. We like that here. Randy, on this day in 2004, Yadier Molina made his Major League debut for the St. Louis Cardinals. Which Molina brother made their Major League debut first? It wasn't Yadi because the other two were uh, in... Jose's the oldest. So I think I'll go with Jose. The other two won the World Series with the Angels in 02. I'm going to go with Jose. Question number two, Randy. On this day in 2018, Steph Curry broke Ray Allen's NBA Finals record for most three-pointers in one game with nine in the Warriors' Game 2 win over the Cavaliers. How many years in a row did the Warriors and Cavs meet in the NBA Finals? It was four. They, the Warriors won three of them. And then last year, it was Toronto and Golden State. So it was four straight years of LeBron against Golden State. Randy, earlier we gave a shout out to Harrison Bader. It's his 26th birthday. Which year was Bader drafted by the Cardinals? Let's see. 20. I'm going to have to do some math here, which is not great. <laughs> Always dangerous. Um, so he turned 26. He did play college ball. So that would have been... I'm going to go with uh, him. What was it? I don't know if he was in. I think he might have been in that Chris Correa draft. I'll go with 2015. And question number four, Randy. Which NFL team has appeared in the most Super Bowls? Well, now it is. They've got nine for the Patriots. They're six and three. The Steelers would be the only other real... Well, Steelers and Cowboys would be the only other real possibilities. Cowboys haven't been in forever, and they don't have nine. And the Steelers have six wins, and they've only lost to Dallas and Green Bay. So it's uh, the nine with the Patriots, six and three. We've got a winner. The winner and still champion of the fight, Average Joe Listener. Troy, you and Randy tied again. Three three correct answers each, but the, the tie goes to the listener, so you beat Randy again. Let's run through okay. the, the answers. Uh, Benji was actually the Molina brother who made his Major League okay. debut first. He debuted with the Angels in 98, Jose in 99 with the Cubs. Uh, the Warriors and Cavs met four times in the NBA Finals every year from 2015 to 2018. Harrison Bader was drafted by the Cardinals in 2015. That was in the third round, 100th overall. And the Patriots have appeared in the most Super Bowls 11 times. Troy, congratulations. Yeah. Hey, what was the answer with the uh, with the, um, the Cavaliers and Warriors? How many times? Four. Four. Oh, okay. 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 Great. Got it. Okay. Thank you, sir. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. Right, and you'll have a chance at the Hall of Fame. 
All right, sounds good. Thank you, Randy. Thank you very much. Good to have Troy with us and going for the Hall of Fame tomorrow. Yeah, I forgot about the two. You always forget about the Green Bay and Bears losses. So, yeah, the Patriots uh, with Brady and Belichick have been in nine, but then you had the two before those guys got there. Randy, how are you feeling that Troy has defeated you two days in a row? I'm okay with that. Are you? I'll get him tomorrow. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, speaking of Warriors and Cavs, a 3-1 lead is not safe. You will come back. Yeah, was, so I'll be fine. Yeah, I'm not I'm not overly worried about it. <laughs> the shade is so real. I am not overly worried about it. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, did you hear the rumor about butter? Oh, no, Randy, what? I'm not going to spread it. <laughs> Thanks for the dad, Joe Carriker. <laughs> Every time. Actually, that was a really good one. <laughs> That was a really good one. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. <laughs> I'm not going to spread it, you know, or spray it, depending on how you that's enjoy right. your butter. <laughs> yeah. Does anybody spray butter? 65780, that's our comfort <laughs> service text line. Does, does spray butter actually work? Now, sometimes we do get the little tub of spread margarine or butter, mm-hmm. and that is much better. I, I don't like to get a stick of butter to try to spread. It's not easy for me, and I think it is for other people, obviously, but not easy for me to spread stick butter. Spray butter to me is like decaf coffee. What's the point? If you're going to go for it, go for it. I'm with you. And the things that you would put butter on, baked potato, corn on the cob, etc. The whole reason you want it is because the chunk of butter on the heat spreads. Right. You know? And that's stick butter. You, when, yeah, when, stick it, butter. If you're going to put it in a baked potato, you get a, a little quarter inch slice of stick butter, put it in a baked potato. If you're going to make corn on the cob on the grill, and you put it in the foil. That's stick butter all the way. That's not tub. That's not spray. You are 100% correct about that. There are times and places for stick butter. I just If I have a piece of sourdough, and Joey Vitale made me sourdough bread over the weekend, which was spectacular. Oh, so jealous. Yeah, it was great. Uh, but I, I'm not going to get uh, like a, several quarter-inch slices of butter to spread on a piece of sourdough. And think about the beauty of that homemade sourdough bread that Joy Vitale gifted you and just how disrespectful it would be to the bread to spray butter on oh, it. Oh, yeah. Uh, spray butter is this from the 618. Spray butter is best used for popcorn. I get that. Oh. That makes sense. Okay, yeah, yeah. The dispersion element there. Yep. Uh-huh. From the 636, spray butter is so 2007. I'd wear, rather wear a lab coat to the club. Hashtag never forget, Kyle. Oh, I think that's in reference to me because one time I wore a long white blazer out and a guy came up to me and asked me why I was wearing a lab coat. <laughs> I was like... Did you get it? Well, I was like... I uh, Again, it was kind of like a spray butter comment. I was like, that's disrespectful. I, you know, I, I get your point, but also this is fashion, okay? It's fashion. <laughs> Respect the coat. From the 314, absolutely spray butter. I can't believe it's not butter. Spray, no calories. <laughs> We do have someone who says spray butter for corn on the cob is actually better. He says if you're not using that for, for corn on the cob, you're doing it wrong. Really? I, I would think... Now, I guess it depends on how you make it. Mm-hmm. Because if you prepare it, heat it without butter, then I can see how that would be the case. I prepare my corn on the cob. A lot of people boil it. I prepare mine on the grill mm-hmm. in foil with the butter, with the corn cooking in the butter. Ooh, so then you don't need to put any butter on it afterwards? Exactly, right. Wow, that's impressive. And it's all spiced and everything. So we had our very first Smallman family dinner on Sunday. 
in, you know, post pandemic or we're still in it, but uh, my uncle did corn on the grill and then he had homemade chipotle butter that they had made to put on mm. the corn on the cob. It was outstanding. And I don't think it would have melted as effectively. It wouldn't have spread as well, I think, if it was spray. So it's just, it's interesting to hear that, you know, that point of view about the spray. But I just think when you spray it, it doesn't really taste like butter. I, th- I think it can. I think they can do a pretty good job with that. A couple of other ones from 314. Uh, spray butter on your barbecue before you wrap with brown sugar. Let rest and enjoy. Interesting. Mm. 636. The wife and I went old school, and we keep a stick of butter in a butter dish. Life-changing, spreadable butter all the time. That's how my parents are. There's always butter in a butter dish at my parents' house. Yeah, it's awesome. And from the 731, try putting the corn on the grill, not wrapped in foil. So you get the the grill marks. I've, I've done that before. I haven't done it recently, but I'll find a, a way to do that, a, an effective way to do that. But is that just more aesthetically pleasing, or does it actually change the flavor of the corn to have the grill marks? See, I like having the fact that the not only do you have the flavor of the butter cooked in, but you also steam it within the foil. You're right. It is totally aesthetic when you put it on the grill. I like having from a texture and a uh, a cooking standpoint, I I like having it on the foil for that reason. Mm -hmm. I don't really care that it has grill marks or not. That's the way I approach hot dogs or brats. They look better with the grill marks. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they taste any different without them. But in my mind, if if there's five hot dogs or brats available, I'm going. I'm picking grill marks every time. Every time. Every time. That's Michelle. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to take a look at the latest edition of Small Talk. We'll have a little bit more food conversation. Plus, Ozzie Smith with an interesting idea about baseball this year. That's next on 101 ESPN. Coming up on the next edition of Small Talk, it's small things from Small Talk on 101 ESPN. It's always a great listen when you download the Small Talk podcast with Michelle and Saruti. And we've got a new one out now. Where can people get it? And what cool things are we talking about? So you can head to Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Just search for Small Talk. It's a black box with a small white writing in the corner. And find it. And we dropped one over the weekend. We're going to tape another one today. But we were just talking about spreadable butter, Randy, and corn on the cob. So I have another food-related question that Saruti and I posed on the podcast that I would like to swing your way. Okay. So we saw this video on social media that kind of made the rounds. And it was a chef that had these little tiny pancakes. And he made them and they were kind of like very bite-sized and he put it in a bowl with butter, not the spray butter, but spreadable butter, a stick of butter and ate it with a spoon and called it pancake cereal. And we took a little bit of a of umbrage with that because I said, okay, so what's the delineation of what is actually cereal? Can you put anything in a bowl and eat it with a spoon and call it cereal? If I put lasagna in a bowl and I eat it with a spoon, I'm not going to call it lasagna cereal. No. So I don't know how you can call pancake cereal cereal. And then we said, okay, what are, what are the qualifications that you need here? Bowl and spoon, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would think perhaps some sort of a grain element for cereal. Mm-hmm. And then we said, I think you got to have milk in there. there some you some it, sort of milk mm-hmm. you need to be having the cereal. Milk has to be an acceptable accompaniment to that. I don't think that you would put mini pancakes with milk. No. But then... We thought, okay, but if you eat dry cereal, you're still going to call it cereal. Right. Yeah, you are. It, it is. But you don't have to have milk with it, but milk has to be an acceptable accompaniment. That's, I think that's reasonable, don't you? I do. One more proposition for you. 
we saw another video of uh, a freshly baked chocolate chip cookie that was kind of chopped up, mm-hmm. put in a bowl with milk over it and eaten with a spoon. Is that cookie cereal? No, it's not. There is cookie cereal, but there that is. is not cookie cereal. But it meets all of the requirements. Bowl, spoon, milk accompaniment. In a box? Does it come in a box? Oh, so it has to come in a box. It's got to come in a box. You know, we didn't even talk about that, but I think, bingo, you just hit the nail on the head. It does have to come in a box. Otherwise, it's not cereal. But I guess you could technically take freshly baked chocolate chip cookies, put it in a box. You could. Somebody could invent that, and that would... Well, then they was cookie crisp. Isn't that kind of the thing? Yeah. That's why <laughs> I say that you could theoretically have that, but it has to be manufactured and put in a box. By the way, Reese's Puffs are great. Oh, great. So, I'm... Uh, What's your goat, goat cereal? Your number one overall? You're in the grocery store. You're in the cereal aisle. You get to take one cereal home with you. No questions asked. We're not thinking about nutrition. Just flavor. Where are you going? That might be it. That's pretty close. You know what is really good underrated? A good uh, kid cereal that I think applies to adults, too, is Life. Oh, really, Randy? Yeah, life? I like Life cereal. Yeah. It's good. It's all right. No, I, I, I like it. It's. Are you putting it on your Mount Rushmore? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, really? You're going from Reese's Puffs to Life. Well, Reese, re, re, now... <laughs> <laughs> Life makes, even though even Mikey will eat it, that's because it's kind of a, it's a, a kid cereal that adults can eat with no problem at all. So, give me your Mount Rushmore. Okay, just off the top of my head, I'm with you on Reese's Puffs. Not only because they're delicious, but you get that secondary milk option. The milk tastes so good afterwards in Reese's mm-hmm. Puffs. I'm going Cinnamon Toast Crunch for those same reasons, and obviously a classic choice. I think I'm going Lucky Charms because who doesn't want marshmallows and their cereal? Magically obviously, delicious. A no-brainer. And then, this may surprise you, Randy, but I also think that I'm going Honey Nut Cheerios just because you do have the sweetness of the honey and the crunch, but Honey Nut Cheerios is exceptional because you can really put any anything on top of it. You can work in some bananas, some blueberries. Yeah. It, it's a great foundational cereal that also has that sweetness to it. I'm going to go Life. I'm going to go Reese's Puffs. I'm going to go Chocolate Frosted Flakes. Not the regular standard cho- uh, Frosted oh. Flakes. The, the Chocolate Frosted Flakes. Never had those. Those are good. All right. And I am not a huge fan of the Cheerio. I never have been. Uh, whatever Cheerio there is, I've never been a fan of them. So really? I'm, I'm not going to go with that. I, I kind of like checks. Oh, Randy, checks. Yeah. Checks. Checks are good. Checks are average at best. No, I, here's the thing. And, and I guess my problem is, is that I've tried to go more health than as an adult than just the complete spoonful of sugar that you're eating. Yeah. So maybe that's one of the problems I run into. Yeah, but this isn't, okay, what's a heart-healthy breakfast option? It's, no, it's what is the, what is the best cereal on the Mount Rushmore? So well, I will give you a chance to remove checks from the equation if you want to. This is your get-out-of-jail-free card, because really, checks? <sighs> I mean, if I can eat it at a bowl at a bar, I don't want it in my okay, Mount Rushmore, my cereal. Do? How about this? Uh, I'm still going to play it kind of healthy, but uh, am I okay with Raisin Bran? Oh, because that's it's even got worse. Raisins. That's even worse. No, raisins are good. Raisins, raisins are in uh, in trail mix. Raisins I'm are... not asking you what you want to eat in the morning to help with your digestion, Randy. I'm asking what you think is a delicious cereal. I mean, Chex. When you okay. think about Chex Mix, the brown crunchy this, piece, Michelle? the Chex aren't even the best part of the Chex Mix. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. If you want me to you be don't unhealthy, upset because if my you voice want me to balloon up, I'm fine. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll just right. become cuckoo for, cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. There you go. Okay. There you go. That seems like a much better choice. <laughs> wow. Uh, here, I'm 25, and cinnamon checks are a top five cereal. Thank you from the 636. <laughs> he uh-huh. said, this person said cinnamon checks, not just checks. Well, you can put cinnamon on checks. That's fine. <laughs> How about this one uh, from the 618? Randy has the classic grandma grandpa cereals. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you go to your grandparents' house and you, you're like, all right, grandma and grandpa, let me eat whatever I want. We are going for it today. And you open up the cabinet. You're like, checks? Checks? Life? <laughs> what are we, Raisin Bran? What are we Life doing Life is not here, a grandpa, grandpa and grandma cereal. You're like, what are we going to do? Eat Raisin Bran and watch The Price is Right? <laughs> Which, there's Which nothing actually, wrong with that. Actually, The Price is Right is awesome. So. <laughs> uh, 28, and I love Raisin Bran. It's awesome. That's from the 636. From the 314, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Captain Crunch, Lucky Charms. Those are three of Ooh, the four. Captain Crunch, great call. Mm-hmm. I also, you know, also in the conversation, not Mount Rushmore for me, but honorable mention, Apple Jacks, great pick. Pops. I mean, Pops, Pops were, were awesome good, yeah. back in the day. Here's from the 636. My cereal, Mount Rushmore, Frosted Flakes, Fruity Pebbles, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and Wheaties. Oh, Wheaties are terrible. Yeah, I'm not a uh, not a big Wheaties guy. How about this from three one four? Thirty two and Kicks is a favorite of mine. Oh, I've never had Kicks. Uh, is it like tricks yeah. but spicier? I'm not sure. <laughs> I've never had Kicks. I've seen the commercials, but I've never had it. Now, tricks are not for kids, but are Kicks for kids? Is that the kid version of tricks? Kicks? That might be. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure. From the three one four. Uh, Team Randy here. I love Raisin Bran with fresh bananas. I'm 36, but my grandma got me on it, so I'm going with it. That's you great. know what? I respect it. My grandma also told me to always bring a cardigan to restaurants because air conditioning can give you a cold. So I respect people that listen to their elders. <laughs> and uh, from the 314, thank you very much. Life cereal is way underrated. Maybe I am disrespecting life a little bit. I'm going to go to the grocery store and get a box of life. But again, we're not asking what is a healthy alternative it's and a positive healthy. way. It's got to sugar on it. Yeah, but it's 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 probably it's healthier like than co- Lucky Lucky Charms, Randy. It's got it's coated with sugar. You don't even <laughs> have to put sugar on top of it, like a spoonful of sugar. It's coated with in sugar. If you get the the cinnamon life cereal, there is a bunch of sugar at the bottom of the bowl when yeah, you're when you're finished you. eating it, and it's delicious. By the way, Michelle. Okay, I may have disrespected it a little bit, but I will I will. See, because this is how I am. I like to listen to uh, a diversity of opinion here. So I will go to the store, I will buy it, and I will taste test it. And here's an interesting point that I think we should all take into consideration here. Yeah, okay. And because we all do love the bowl of cereal with the milk. From the 618, I base my cereals on being able to eat them directly out of the box. Golden Grams is number one. You know what? That's been the biggest omission of the past nine minutes. Golden Grams is definitely a goat cereal for many reasons. And a handful of Golden Grams is delicious. Oh, yeah. Honestly, I might even move one of my four off my Mount Rushmore to wow. add Golden Grams. Big time. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of which one gets the boot. Which one's more expendable? Because Golden Grams, really. I mean, who doesn't like Golden Grams? No, they're great. Have you ever met anyone that said, you know what? I'm not a fan of Golden Grams. I think maybe a Blackhawk fan or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great call. But that would probably be about it. You know who doesn't like Golden Grams? He definitely doesn't like Golden <laughs> Grams. You can hear more with Steve Cerruti and our serial insider, Michelle Smallman, <laughs> on Small Talk. And you can find it uh, wherever you find your favorite.
podcasts. I should put that in my Twitter bio. Serial. <laughs> Serial insider. insider. <laughs> I said after the Blues won the Stanley Cup, the best day of my professional career was the Blue Stanley Cup parade. And you and I covered the parade. I said, I need to figure out a way to become a parade insider. Wouldn't that be fun? Best job in the world. Everyone is happy. Everyone is celebrating. There's great stories that you're going to be able mm-hmm. to tell about the community from that day. There's got, And you think about all the different insiders that we have. There's an insider for everything. It's amazing ESPN doesn't have a parade insider. It's a great call. And it doesn't have to just be sports parades either. You, you can yeah. do any parade. Any parade. Fourth of July parade. Yeah. I mean, honestly, call me. Parade insider, serial insider, I am here for you. Coming up next, today's big thing as we head into our final hour. Hour of Character and Smallman on 101 ESPN. That was the Character and Smallman podcast on 101 ESPN.